Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you heard all the rave about the new Quick Grill located inside the Be Quick Chevron on Veterans Boulevard? Come visit Be Quick Chevron along with Quick Grill, Be Quick Food Marts, your locally owned hometown convenience store, wherever you are. Howdy, howdy, it's Rhino here, and I wanted to say thank you for listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. Get ready, get ready to go beyond the headlines and join a meaningful conversation with people from around the state. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. everyone and welcome to midday super talk mississippi i'm your host gerard gibbert and i'm live today at carter jewelers it is valentine's day rhino back in the super talk headquarters studio we'll be guiding you through the middle of your day with facts fodder and fine music it is valentine's day rhino and one week away from mardi gras oh yeah a lot of stuff going on in the month of February with the Super Bowl uh, just having been played this past Sunday. We rock into Valentine's Day. We got President's Day next week, right? And then Mardi Gras. And you've got Daytona 500 this weekend, and you've got Drive to Survive <laughs> coming back on Netflix and Formula One starting back soon. So, yeah, it's a busy month. <laughs> I would expect nothing less from you to give us the schedule for <laughs> Daytona, NASCAR, etc. Uh, what about this situation, tragedy at Michigan State University, the other MSU, home of the Spartans? Wow. I, I caught some of the press conference this morning, and you could clearly tell those folks are, are um, emotionally strained. And uh, the physician at the local hospital there involved with treating some of those injured and, of course, what, three were, were killed in uh, the shootings. Uh, he was really having a hard time keeping his composure, uh, having been up all night and uh, commemorating the staff. A commending, pardon me, the staff. It was just incredible uh, to see that. Uh, Governor Whitmer, I know on this program that we have not been very kind to the governor. We certainly don't agree with her politically, but she was standing by the staff there with members of law enforcement, the FBI. What the heck is the deal in this country? What, what compels a person to just go out and start playing, shoot them up? I don't get it, and I don't know that we know whole lot about this person the shooter other than they have committed suicide right because when the shootings were ongoing law enforcement and michigan state uh, police there were instructing students faculty administration everybody to shelter in place to stay out of the way and um, i guess stay out of open areas for sure just stay in your rooms be it your dorm room, your office, your classrooms, etc. And 
and until that passed over for a while there, the shooter was at large, and they didn't have a lot of information. So now I guess that those details have been uh, revealed. The gunman ultimately committed suicide after killing three. It's quite the rampage at Michigan State. Wounded five others and then took his own life a few hours later. Uh, I don't know that we have a whole lot of background information on this individual except he is described as a short male with a mask, possibly black, was not immediately named nor were any of his victims. I don't know if, if there's been any further details released. Have you seen any, Rhino, about this person? Uh, yeah, they've released the name of the suspect, but I'm not going to say it on the air and give him the attention he wants. Yeah. But he Agreed. does have a bit of a rap sheet as far as being arrested in the past for weapons violations. For example, in 2019, he was charged with a felony for carrying a concealed weapon without a permit. <laughs> well, of course. And uh, it didn't take long for... Gretchen Whitmer, the governor, to uh, jump to some conclusions. She, she essentially admonished this country, said this only happens in America. And that was disappointing to see. I just didn't think that was the appropriate time or place to uh, make such, uh, cast such aspersions on the country. Um, <clears throat> it just didn't make any sense to me. But she, did, she wasted no time in seizing the moment as politicians do to try to I felt like politicize this tragedy nothing new there for sure really a sad situation and how do you go back to school how, how do you return to normal life in those circumstances class canceled at Michigan State today and tomorrow how do you go back to it? And, you know, what action might the university take? What will other universities learn from this? This isn't the first time we've seen shootings on a university campus. Virginia Tech comes to mind not too many years ago. I remember when I was a younger lad, the famous shooter that was up in the tower at the University of Texas raining bullets down just incredible of course the um, anti-gun folks will immediately attribute this to the availability of, of weapons in this country and we, we don't ever seem to discuss again how does this such evil enter the hearts of a person that would provoke them into going out and killing other humans indiscriminately in a public setting like this I, I can't comprehend it I can't rationalize it but we never seem to discuss that in fact we seem to be more focused on decriminalization of crime that's what it looks to be like so oh gosh it's just crazy uh, how all that stuff works out uh, alright what else we got Nikki Haley announced this morning she is a candidate for president of the United States. How about that? I don't think that's totally unexpected. 
She's entering the race. First challenger to officially end the race, uh, enter the race, challenger to former President Donald Trump, who has already formally announced his candidacy. I guess the one that folks are waiting to see and expecting to see, of course, is Governor Ron DeSantis of the great state of Florida. And <laughs> Donald Trump already dreaming up nicknames and pejoratives. Ron DeSanctimonious is the one he, he likes to use. He can't help it, can he? It's just, it's just his style, man. He's, he's going to label every single person in the field with some sort of Donald Trumpism nickname, uh, which honestly served him well, I believe, in 2016. Will it this time? Eh, I don't know. And, of course... She is uh, basically trying to position herself as a new generation of, of candidates and, and saying that, you know, it's, it's basically time to rotate the crops. And I, I felt like, to a great extent, that was a bit of a shot up at President Trump, who, by all accounts, would likely be her most formidable contender in the race and, and, and just making a subtle, uh, indirect reference to his uh, his age. Uh, I don't think there's any secret about that. He's presently 26, by the way, so when it, should he uh, be elected in 24, he'd be 77. Seems to be in good health and seems to have all of his uh, uh, his, his cognitive strength I don't I don't I don't really see any evidence that he's lost any of his his uh, his mental capacity can't say the same for Joe Biden honestly and that's not intended to be so much of a of a mockery of a ridicule of it is just an honest observation I don't see how anybody could could doubt when you see him and when you see the constant gaffes and the difficulties that he has just in in just conducting himself speaking uh aware of his surroundings and situation how many times has he turned around looking for somebody's hand to shake or looking to ask somebody where do i go now and being led around by the bunny rabbit at the easter egg hunt and so forth i i think his mental acuity could easily be called into question. I do not think that's the case with Donald Trump. So, And I'm only saying that is that wouldn't be, in my view, a reason to not vote for the former president. I think he's got all his mental faculties. Uh, there might be some other reasons that would uh, compel a person to look to a different candidate to support. But Nikki Haley, in the race before the program's out today, I'm going to share the another name of a potential candidate somebody i heard this morning say yeah i'm thinking about this and i was pleasantly surprised and shocked you want to stick around for that when we come back it's will hill the mayor of lewisville we're going to talk about the tragic shootings in lewisville over the weekend and gun violence in general we're in the element well studios at carter jewelers today on valentine's day stay with us Middays with Gerard Gibbert. What? what? This is so awesome. On Super Talk Mississippi. 
back, everyone. Midday Super Talk Mississippi live from Carter Jewelers, downtown Jackson. Jerry Lake, the owner of Carter Jewelers, will join us at 1050. But right now it's Will Hall, the mayor of Louisville, Mississippi. Mr. Mayor, good morning, sir. How, how about it? Rhino? Okay. All right. So we're working on uh, getting Will Hall, the mayor of Louisville, uh, on the program as we uh, move through that and get that going. Uh, again, Nikki Haley says it's time for a new generation, new generation of leaders says Biden's record was abysmal and that the Washington establishment has failed us over and over again. I think a lot of folks would agree with that. So it's uh, uh, another person that's thinking about running. I heard this morning on the business channel, Vivek Ramaswamy. Don't know if you guys are familiar with Mr. Ramaswamy. Born in 1985, a youngster, an American entrepreneur. Okay, we got uh, the mayor, Mayor Will Hall. You there, sir? Will Hill, pardon me. Will, pardon me. Yes. Okay. Yes, sir. How are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. How about you? Doing fine. So we wanted to have you on to discuss uh, this tragic shooting that occurred uh, in your town over the weekend. What do we know about that at this point? Uh, well, first and foremost, we know, uh, as you mentioned, it's tragic, uh, senseless act of gun violence uh, turned bad. Of course, we, like many other places, are dealing with you know growing concerns, and we're growing weary of the repeated patterns of gun violence, shots fired, and in this particular case, uh, just in broad day, but broad daylight, midday, of all things, Super Bowl Sunday, uh, just uh, reckless behavior, destructive decisions. I don't, We don't know as of yet. It's an ongoing investigation, but it was just a major shootout. Uh, not to be confused with a mass shooting, it was uh, just a direct act of gun violence from back and forth, and... Uh, a lot, a lot of details to come, many arrests to take place, and there are some in custody. But it's uh, the investigation and law enforcement is doing a, doing a fine job with, and also with quick, quick response. So this occurred in front of a grocery store, is that correct? I was in front of a quick pick gas station uh, on okay. Highway 397 in Jones. Yeah, it was uh, uh, Quite a bit of information. Obviously, there's eyewitness testimonies. There's uh, video surveillance. I mean, it was uh, to have been an act of this nature. I mean, obviously, it's, it's apparent it was not a well-planned or, or a planned action. It just is a result of just quick, terrible decisions that affect the lives of so many. Hmm. Well, so, to your knowledge, uh, Mr. Mayor, were, were these residents of uh, the city of Louisville that were involved in this? Uh, yes, there's still a part of the investigation. There were a lot of people present at the time, so identifying every person is still taking place. So uh, there were six victims, six people. Uh, three were released quickly with uh, very minimal uh, injuries. Uh, unfortunately, it was a fatality 
that did take place out of the six that were shot. Uh, and it, time will determine the investigation, and the, as the case moves on, it will determine, you know, obviously what the charges would be and who would be charged. But uh, the sad and harsh reality of this is that, and like in any gun violence, and we see this in our community, we've seen this abroad in our area across the state and the nation, but, I mean, it, it incites worry, sadness, anger, questions, and fear in your community uh because you you just don't know. You don't know who's carrying, who's irresponsible, and uh, why. You know, you ask, why would you do this? And, and not realizing the consequences of such destructive behavior. And in this particular case, it's not only the victims who were shot. You've got the shooters. I mean, they their life has changed forever in one way or another. And uh, there are consequences. And we just got to and hope and pray and support law enforcement and our judicial system. Is this the first of, of such an incident that involved guns and and uh, people being harmed uh, out in the sort of the public uh, arena like this in Louisville, or, or is, is is this something you guys have known about? Maybe had some bad actors around town that that you've been tracking and following, and 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 uh, just trying to get control of the situation. Unfortunately, that uh, we're, we're gun violence and the act. And the behavior of this sort is not brand new. Uh, a shooting to this magnitude obviously is. Uh, we've had over the past year, year and a half, and I hate to even use the P word of pandemic, but in the post-pandemic world, we've seen that uh, significantly go up, especially in juveniles, but not all juveniles, young adults as well. A lot of action on the police side. A lot of guns have been ca- uh, confiscated. Uh, just in the past year, we imposed a curfew for a period of time in which we were experiencing a lot of shots fired and property crimes. Uh, you know, that I, I can't recall exactly when there was a, a gun fatality in our town in the past year and a half. Uh, and then recently, and most recently, we've had a missing persons situation for roughly three weeks before a body was found. Uh, but, you know, that's been an ongoing investigation with more information to have come, and the family's been shared with that. But in the day and age of speculation and fabricated stories and, and, and social media age, there's all sorts of uh, things that have been circulating amongst young people and young adults as to what took place. And there's only one truth, and the family knows the truth. Uh, law enforcement knows the truth. Uh, it's there is uh, some belief that this Sunday was a carryover. Uh, there's even some speculating or even the thought that it's retaliation effort. Uh, but it's unmerited because of the cause of death and things of that sort of what was happening with the young man that was missing and found dead, 16-year-old. And it all just goes back to, again, it's a cultural uh, problem, not Louisville, Mississippi uh, only, not Winston County. Uh, you know, it's not a video game. You can't hit reset and get a new life. It's not a hip-hop video. Uh, these destructive decisions, this drug behavior, this drug addiction, the guns, the the gangster behavior. Uh, some are saying it's not gang-related, but we believe, and law enforcement and I, too, when we say this, if it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, walks like a duck, it's a duck. If it's gang-related behavior, it's gang-related activity. And uh, so, there, you know, there's a lot of heavy emphasis. We're working with multiple agencies, state agencies, and even federal agencies to try to uh, get in front of this, 
Sunday was just such, and, I, and we certainly hope an isolated event, but it was a culmination of a lot of bad behavior out of a, a younger crowd. And we, we just asked for, when we, like we always do, asking for the community to step up, rise up, help let's get involved in these young people's lives and 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 again we hate to see anybody succumb to death but there's got to be a wake-up call there's got to be a realization it's death or jail for these type decisions have you had a discussion with uh in any of your peers in some of the other cities and towns across mississippi which are grappling with this uh this kind of surge in violence, in particular gun violence, amongst the young people in the area. Yes, I'm blessed. Uh, I've, I've had the privilege to serve as mayor for quite some time. And over this time, I've seen a lot of my peers, mayors, and other city leaders come and go. But there's a core group that we communicate in group text or emails. And, you know, this peer relationship, they're wonderful. Even though you've got your friends in your local town, those that are other mayors, whether it's Smaller towns, larger towns. Uh, no two towns are just alike. No two experiences are just alike. But when it comes to your community suffering and hurting, gun violence, that's widespread. Uh, it, and as I was asked by one media outlet on Sunday, is you know, what's going on down there? Well, the truth of the matter is, if we knew exactly what was going on, we'd have solved all the cases and we would be in front of these. Unfortunately, we just have to react. We want to be more proactive. And certainly we've got to think about the present and the future because I am a broken record in saying this. We can't hit rewind and undo what happened. Uh, our community went through a natural disaster years ago. If we could hit rewind, we would have done it 100 times over to not go through that disaster. In this particular sure. case, we would do that. But we can't live in the past. We've got to focus sure. on right now how we, how we better serve our people. Yeah, we got to go, but I, I just wonder, Mayor, does it make sense to maybe gather all the mayors together with some state leaders as well and, and uh, perhaps get creative about how to address this issue uh, across our, our, our state? We got to go, but I appreciate you um, joining us, uh, Mayor, and uh, God bless all the great folks of uh, Louisville. It's just a tragic situation. Talk soon. Thank Thanks. you, sir. Thank you. Midday is coming right back from Carter Jewelers. Stay with us. Attention, adoring fans! It's time for Middays with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone. Midday Super Talk Mississippi, live from Carter Jewelers in downtown Jackson. At 11.05 on the program today, Jeff Farah, Executive Director of the Autonomous Vehicle Industry Association. And then at 12.05, Kim Brown, Clinical Therapist, Vitality Counseling, LLC. We'll talk about relationships from, uh, we'll get to the perspective from uh, Ms. Brown. That's because it is Valentine's Day, of course. Uh, also want to apologize, Will Hill. I apologize for saying Hall Rhino. I 
I have a friend named Will Hall, and it just naturally came out. Will Hill, the mayor of Louisville, who who seems to have uh, the proper perspective, in my view, on the situation. My, um, uh, my um, I guess, praise for the mayor in this respect. This is, these are difficult situations to deal with. You certainly don't think you'd have to... Um, grapple with uh, such a, a scenario in a town like Louisville. I mean, typically when you think about gun violence and gang-related shootings, you think about larger urban areas. So, uh, but this is unusual, in, in my view, for a town the size of Louisville, it seems. And maybe it is time for, to gather up city leaders, municipal leaders, and and uh, other subject matter experts and folks that are on the ground, law enforcement, justice, Folks involved in, in cultural matters as well, sociology, and and try to address this what appears to be just a raft of gun violence in this country. It is absolutely true that, that more occurs here than does in other countries. Is that attributed, as I think Gretchen Whitmer was implying, uh, to the Second Amendment? No, I don't think it is. I think it's attributed to moral decay. Uh, in this in this country, and and um, there are uh, certainly a lot of things we could point at that are driving depravity and moral decay. Uh, but the minute you do, uh, the folks that uh, tend to make their their living uh, by taking political stances and trying to boil and reduce every matter and issue down. Uh, to equity and racism and all the various phobias and isms and everything else. That's why we don't get anything done. Because the minute you try to bring the, the subject matter up, uh, you get your head chopped off for even talking about it. And therefore, it just continues on. It uh, prevails. And it's persistent, no doubt about it. Tim and McGee on the ceasefire text line, which, of course, um, 609, uh, 601-879-4395. You know, Gerard, this is such a tragedy, but I have several weapons, and not the first one of my weapons has gotten out and hurt anyone. It's always the person that's doing the shooting. Agree. Brian and Madison says, if firearms and weapons are so prolific in the U.S., why aren't more people who are present at these mass killings armed and prepared to stop it as soon as it starts? Yeah, that's a good question, Brian. Sometimes that does happen. What, what was the situation right now in California? Um, the, the, it was a, a, an Asian gunman that was shooting Asians? And I think it was a if I'm not mistaken, an elderly Asian gentleman that stepped in to to stop the carnage. No, it was an elderly Asian gunman. I got it, it backwards. A young, okay. unarmed Asian man that was there that wrestled the gun away from him. Okay, I had it backwards. My my fault. My apologies. Uh, so did it without the benefit of, of being armed. Just I guess was able to sneak up on uh, the shooter. And and uh, wrestle them, control them, so they couldn't shoot anymore. But there's been some other cases. Uh, I can't remember the exact scenarios, the incidents, but I, I know in not too uh, distant past, there was a there was a young person that was armed that um, was was witnessing a shooting and and pulled their I believe their concealed weapon out. 
and was able to take down the shooter. Can't remember where that occurred, but that may have been California as well, as I recall. So, good question. Brian, by the way, uh, I ran into Brian and Madison Rhino last night at a local eatery. I was there with some friends, and uh, Brian recognized and, and stopped and introduced himself. Appreciate that, Brian, and thanks for, for tuning in as well, and thanks for introducing yourself. It's a pleasure to meet you. Mike and Goforth says the topic of mental health is not one that is addressed with the effort which it should be. Are we afraid of it? I think so because in many cases it's not just chemical imbalances but truly a problem in the mind. There are many walking around that should be in a mental hospital getting help. I don't have the answer, but this is a much bigger problem than is admitted. I guess the question, Mike, I, I tend to agree with you. I think there are a lot of situations that aren't being addressed, and I do think that often that is the, um, uh, the the core cause of some of these these crazy shootings of innocent people. Um, I guess the question is, why does that occur more in this country, it appears? And I don't have the st statistics in front of me, but I have researched that before. I, I can't believe that we have a higher incidence of mental problems in, in America than in other nations. I don't know. But, but I agree with you, though. It, it seems like that that's another situation where we, we hesitate to deem anyone as uh, having some sort of clinical mental ailments and might need some sort of treatment. That, that also would uh, sometimes draw ire from those who think you're being, what, ableist? Is that, would that apply in that situation, Rhino? I know that generally applies oh, yeah. to a person who has some sort of physical disability, but I think it also applies to mental uh, problems as well. Gary and the Berg, of course, brings up uh, the point on a, on a regular basis, which I agree with. How many of these kids involved in shootings come from fatherless homes? I totally agree, Gary, that the, the core cause, the root cause of the mental, uh, pardon me, the depravity, the moral depravity and, and uh, decay in this country is, in fact, the dissolution of the traditional home. No doubt about it. I completely am on board with that. Is anybody addressing it? No, but for the same reason, because if you did, You'd probably get death threats that night, honestly. If you were, a, let's say, an elected official and you stood in front of the, um, the public and made such assessments uh, and assertions, I believe absolutely the, the ire that you would draw would, would, would be astronomical. Uh, it, it would hit every major news outlet across the globe, and you would be described with all the various isms and ists that can be dreamed up by the radical left. No doubt about it. Therefore, it just gets unaddressed. It, it, it's untouched. Uh, I think you're talking about the mall shooting that happened in Indiana or the Midwest. I think that's right. That's on the 228 ceasefire tax line. Uh, that, I believe, is in reference to the, the incident I recall where a... Um, that, that's right. There was a shooting in a mall, and there was a, a, a young, I believe a 20-something, maybe a 30-something, that was present and was carrying and drew their weapon, and I think shot and took down the indiscriminate shooter, as, as I recall. So, yeah, appreciate that. I think that is right. Um, Jerry in Waynesboro is making a pitch for Donald Trump. And, and I'm not going to get into the, all the long paragraph that Jerry wrote here, but basically it has to do with Trump having a 80-foot flagpole 
<clears throat> that had a big U.S. flag on it. It says 375 square feet. That seems pretty big, but I guess it's possible. And of course, that was in violation of, of uh, city ordinances, and he cut a deal with the city council. If they'd let him fly it at a certain level, he'd donate uh, a uh, sum of money to Veterans Affairs, to which they agreed. And he, he sort of shortened the poll. That's why we love the guy. I'm just a big, I'm just as big of a smart ASS, is what Jerry says. I don't know what that has to do with being qualified uh, to be president or it, why that should gain a person's vote. Um, I voted for Donald Trump as well in 2016. I don't think I'll support him in this cycle, but and I don't really think that, in, in my view, that wouldn't factor into my decision. I think that's honorable, that's, that's noble, but I don't think that's going to address the nation's most pressing uh, problems. I think somebody that shares his views on many of these policies, um, which are aligned with, I think, most conservatives in this country, I say most, but uh, just has a different approach, a different personality, a different demeanor, one that's more productive, more that's one conducive to action and, and um, accomplishment and producing outcomes without alienating everybody. Uh, in his orbit, I think, would be a better candidate. So if Vivek Ramaswamy jumps in, he is an entrepreneur, and he's absolutely brilliant. And I've read both of his uh, books. He's got three, but uh, two of his books, Nation of Victims and Woke Inc. Actually, I think he has five now. But Woke Inc. was probably my favorite, and it's got all sorts of true accounts of wokeism that is occurring in corporate America, and he is an outspoken opponent of all this diversity, equity, and inclusion shakedown stuff that happens across corporations. We're coming right back here at Carter Jewelers. Stay with us. A little bit rusty, but it got around as good as a coupe de ville. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. All right, we are back on Super Talk Mississippi. back midday super talk mississippi live from carter jewelers downtown jackson joining us now jay lake carter jewelers all right jay what are we selling today happy valentine's day <laughs> we got it today's our last day till 6 p.m today we have uh, additional discounts on top of our regular discount up to 30 percent off 10 to 30 percent off uh now till six o'clock wow and, uh, free gift wrap uh we have layaway, and we have financing. If you have no credit or bad credit, not a big deal. As long as you have a bank account and $85 in your bank account, we can usually get you approved. And uh, if you do have good credit, we have 18 months interest-free financing, no money down, same as cash. Wow. And uh, lots of beautiful items here, front door parking. Uh, diamond hearts are pretty getting pretty popular now. Uh, 
diamond earrings, especially the studs. And uh, then we have a lot of, we, they have the lab created diamonds and the, the price has gone down on those dramatically so you can get a nice real diamond for a lot lot less price than the natural ones nowadays. Uh, a lot of people are liking those. And that they, they're just, they're real diamonds, they're just made in a laboratory and not underground, they're not mined underground, so they last forever as, as a real diamond and just as hard and, and they are they are diamonds and uh, the price is probably about half of what uh, the natural diamonds are right now. Hmm. So uh, we can, we have uh, budgets, $100 and up. So if you want to spend $100, you come in, get half a dozen free roses from Greenbrook Flowers and uh, if it's $100, you, you still get the discount, even at the $100. And uh, they'll, they'll be getting an additional 30% off to 10% off. So $70 free gift wrap. Comes in a nice wooden box with leather. And uh, then you go to Greenbrook Flowers, have you a nice present, and uh, all for $70, uh, you know, and help. So um, you, can't, you, can't, you can't beat that. Yeah. So, uh, how does your sales around Valentine's Day is is uh, how does that compare to some of the other big holidays? When I know you do well, Christmas, Mother's Day, or big big uh, events as well for you. On the for Valentine's is is a lot of engagement rings is probably the second biggest holiday wow. for engagement rings. Of course, Christmas is still number one. Yeah. And uh, but you know it's not nearly as busy as uh, Christmas. But a lot you know it's uh women they love a diamond and. And it feels good and special for them. They can wear it for the rest of their lives, every single day of their life. And uh, it's really good money spent. Uh, so I really recommend getting them something nice if you can afford it. What's the selection look like? Pretty. Uh, we're down a little bit from Valentine's, the selection, I mean from Christmas. Yeah. But uh, we still have a probably the biggest selection in Mississippi. Looks like the cases are full to me. Uh, yeah. It's um, it's pretty full. we got a nice selection i can i can custom make you something if you you want something custom made and uh platinum 14 karat 18 karat gold and diamond engagement rings or um a wedding band to fit your engagement ring uh we we have a full service jeweler here we can size your jewelry set your diamonds fix your jewelry and um or or your watch we we also have repairs on watches do watch batteries uh full service carter jewelers here full service uh, jewelry store yeah and the thing that i've noticed in and uh coming here and, and doing remotes on site is the continuity of your team of your sales team which is important they they love uh they love people and and uh having a relationship with our customers um they just really love helping people and serving uh, others uh i've observed it i agree they've, they've been here for a long time our staff and uh we're, we're the oldest jewelry store in Jackson, actually the oldest business in Jackson since 1849. The, wow. The, uh, police, the police department's a little bit older in some of the churches downtown Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we've been here a while, and uh, we plan to stay here for, for a long time. And it's easy to get to. you got front door parking, and, and, and you attract folks from all over the area, not just people here in Jackson. Yeah, Hattiesburg, Meridian, uh, even Memphis sometimes. I've had some... Customers come from Memphis and uh, Mobile, uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, uh, lots of areas, Pearl, Brandon, Madison, and uh, here comes Eddie Payton. <laughs> sure is. Are you with the FBI?
man. You need a selling something. How are you? Pretty good. Good to see you. Eddie Payton, how are you? What is that? <laughs> when did that happen? You playing golf today? What gave me away? <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. That's not, that's not what one heterosexual means. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. All right. Celebrities coming in here, man. They're <laughs> You gonna sell him something? Yeah, well, we usually sell him. He loves uh. <laughs> he got his wallet. Guy. He just showed his wallet. You don't ever do that to a salesperson. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, we appreciate it, Jay. I'm, Thanks I for having We're gonna me. talk to you in about an hour or so. Right okay. now, it's time for a break. It's Fox News, Super Talks News, Super Talk News. Pardon me. When we return, Jeff Farah, Executive Director of the Autonomous Vehicle Industry Association, middays is at Carter Jewelers, and we're coming right back. Oh, of me, and you give me. And now, and now, the talk that keeps Mississippi talking. That's what I like to listen to. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. back everyone to midday super talk mississippi we are live from carter jewelers downtown jackson today rocking into hour two of the program on this valentine's day uh, joining us now jeff farah executive director of the autonomous vehicle industry association that's avia the acronym the abbreviation jeff welcome to middays jeff you there All right. We'll see if we can get him reconnected. I'll continue until we get uh, Jeff back on. So Vivek Ramaswamy, five books. He is perhaps one of the most outspoken critics of uh, the adoption of wokeism and radical gender ideology, CRT, etc., in corporate America and in our society in general, he is absolutely brilliant. He co-founded Strive Asset Management, currently serves as the executive chairman. Before that, he founded a biopharmaceutical company, Royvent Sciences, and he's done real well for himself. Okay, we got Jeff. Jeff, you there? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Great. Welcome to Middays. Thanks for joining us. Uh, so you serve as the executive director of the autonomous vehicle industry, and we should point out not to be confused with electric vehicles. Autonomous vehicles could actually be either. Is that correct? It, the, the propulsion of the vehicle, the power source is kind of irrelevant. What's important is that they are autonomous, don't require a human uh, to navigate, to steer them, to guide them. That's exactly right, and one example is autonomous trucks, which are solving a lot of problems with the supply chain crisis. These tend to be gas-powered, and so this is something where you know, our industry is pushing forward, trying to make sure that a lot of the, the issues that we have with accidents, with crashes, uh, with supply chain issues, that we're removing a lot of those obstacles and making sure that we're helping the Mississippi economy. 
Yeah, so, you know, the first thing that comes to mind when, um, when I saw these, these two bills that uh, we got one in the Senate and I think one in the House that would address the use of AVs uh, in the state of Mississippi, first thing that, that I thought about is why do we need special legislation, you know, to address this issue, to, to sort of regulate autonomous vehicles on our, on our roads? And, and I guess the first thing that hit me, uh, uh, Jeff, and correct me if, if this isn't kind of one of the most important aspects, is that there's not a human that I guess you could hold responsible for anything that should happen should there be some sort of mishap. And it may not be one that is the fault of the AV. It could be just that the AV is involved in, in some sort. Of, of mishap on the roadways. Well, well, there's no person there. There's no person in the vehicle uh, to, to deal with the situation. Well, you know, I think the first thing to keep in mind here is that a lot of the, the core of automotive policy across the United States was really written in the 1970s. So that's a, a long time before autonomous vehicles were, were out on the road, obviously. And so our industry, we're, we're kind of stepping into a regulatory and policy structure that was written many, many decades before we were really in existence. And so a, a lot of the rules and regulations that are out there just don't work for the sort of modern era. And we need to make sure that we're making a lot of adjustments, as, as you note. And so what we have now is a situation where 22 states have proactively authorized the deployment of autonomous vehicles on their roadways. All of the surrounding states of Mississippi have, have done so. And so what the, the bills that you're talking about would, would ultimately do is, is authorize this deployment on Mississippi's roads, be able to regulate it, make sure that we've got law enforcement in a spot where they've got information, make sure that we're establishing you know, uh, some of the, the basic rules, and that way the, the citizenry of Mississippi can ultimately benefit. Yeah, make, makes total sense, and that's a great point. Uh, there, of course, a lot of uh, laws and regulations on the books at the federal and uh, the state and local level that honestly are dated in that they don't contemplate modernization of so many aspects of society and the digitization of society that uh, where those, those laws and regulations really don't fit anymore. That's absolutely right, and you know the, the great thing here is that obviously there's a there's a role for the federal government, but there's a huge role for the state of Mississippi, and so this is a chance for lawmakers in Mississippi to make sure that they are future proofing a little bit what's going on, making sure that the really the next frontier in, in technology and in transportation is, is able to be realized in Mississippi, and so we, we've been just very blessed to be able to work with a, a lot of great policymakers within the state capitol. Um, you've got Senator Williams, Senator Branding. Representative Busby and, and many others that have been really a part of this whole process, and we were thrilled to be able to work with them, and, and we're, we're very grateful for all the leadership on their part. Is it is it accurate to say, uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff is the Executive Director of the Autonomous Vehicle Industry Association, is it accurate to say that you and your team, your association, that you're, you're serving uh, as a resource, as a, as a knowledge base for these lawmakers as they put these, these, uh, this regulatory framework, legal framework uh, together? They, they, they need to work with you guys just to understand what all the, uh, the aspects are of autonomous vehicles. I, I think that's very, very well put, and uh, you know we're, we're we're obviously very cognizant. This is something very new. It's, it's very exciting. What we're trying to do is is make sure that people understand that the status quo as we have it right now, where we've got too many people dying on Mississippi's roads, where we've got too many hangups with the supply chain, with trucking issues, that we don't have to accept that. That there's a there's a better way out there 
and that now, due to technology, due to these automated driving systems that we are able to create, we can solve a lot of these problems and ultimately have a, a, a better future. And so we like to come in and make sure that people understand what it is is the status quo now, where it is we want to take things, and ultimately make sure that we can move the ball forward kind of state by state. And, and we're very grateful that it looks like Mississippi is moving in the right direction this legislative session. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, you know, I, I, I want to get your take on where all this is going. I, I've read uh, several uh, reports, several projections from uh, industry analysts and just futurists who say that we're headed for a point. It, it uh, may be in the next 15, 20 years, maybe a little further out than that, where the vast majority, if not all, vehicles on our roads are autonomous. You know, there's, there's certainly a, a lot of projections out there in terms of, of where all this is going. I know that our, our members are really heads down right now and developing the, the, the autonomous uh, technology that's out there, trying to make sure that they're doing all the, all the testing that's going on. You know, I, I think that w- one aspect of this that Mississippi is, is very, very well positioned to benefit from are the economic benefits from, from AV trucking and in the logistics space. You know, the, the situation now is that a lot of the leading companies are really basing their U.S. operations outside of Dallas, and there are commercial partnerships that are getting inked to ultimately be moving goods. These goods are moving today throughout Dallas and the southeast United States with autonomous vehicles. And so there's a good chance that a lot of people listening to this have already gotten something delivered to their home or their business that was delivered autonomously. And so that's something where we're trying to spread this out because we know these commercial partnerships are being set up. And we want to make sure that Mississippi is not left behind because you all are so well positioned from a geographical perspective to really take advantage of a lot of that business. That's a good point. We've we got two major interstates, one that, of course, runs east and west, well, actually two that in our state, and then one that runs north and south, and both are major thoroughfares for the transport of goods, uh, trucks all over the place, and, of course, to our north, uh, across uh, Tennessee, Arkansas, all the way out to the west coast and the east coast, 40 east-west interstate is, uh, I believe, the last report I saw perhaps has the most uh, commercial truck traffic of any of the interstates in the country. That that, that sounds absolutely correct to me. I think with with long-haul trucking, you know, there's a lot of ability here to to really kind of remove a lot of the bottlenecks that that have ultimately happened. And, you know, we know there's a lot of terrible crashes that happen on the roads, a lot of challenges in terms of, of making sure that you're getting goods moving. Uh, with autonomous trucking, you're, you're able to make sure that you can reliably get these, these items wherever they, where they need to go. And the reality is there's going to be all sorts of other economic opportunities that will pop up here in terms of, of technicians that need to be hired, in terms of personnel that still need to be hired to have a human element to the ultimate delivery to, to the destinations. And so this is something where you know, the future is very bright in, in this space. And I think the states like Mississippi that are really being proactive and thinking about how it is they position themselves those are the ones that are going to see dividends going forward. And so we're, we're, we're glad as an industry to be able to participate in that. And, again, very thankful for the folks up in the state capitol that have been very forward-leaning in that regard. Are you optimistic about uh, these two bills getting through? Do we need both? Are these competing bills or are they complementary? We've got about 30 seconds. Yeah, these are absolutely complementary. So we've got great news in, in each chamber. I think they're going to cross over and, and be considered by each other. And so, you know, very, very optimistic this will move forward. I think we've had a chance to bring a couple of autonomous trucks up to the state capitol last month and answer a lot of questions. And we've gotten a tremendous amount of enthusiasm. And so 
uh, things are looking very promising, but obviously not taking anything for granted and, and certainly appreciate the opportunity to visit with you today. Absolutely. Jeff Farah, Executive Director of the Autonomous Vehicle Industry Association, has been our guest here on Middays. Jeff, thanks for checking in with us. Really enjoyed that. Thanks so much. Have a great rest of the day. You too. We're coming right back. We're live at Carter Jewelers in downtown Jackson. Talk that keeps Mississippi talking. Now, now, onto the real part. On Super Talk Mississippi. the great Alvin Bishop bumping us into this segment here on Middays. We are live, the Element Well Studios, live from Carter Jewelers today. I appreciate uh, Jeff Farah with the Autonomous Vehicle Industry Association checking in with us. You know, it's this is just another one of those evolving novel technologies that uh, generally draws lots of whatabouts it's they are they are just magnets stuff like this for whataboutisms and it's understandable because we i think normal mortals always think about our life today our experience today our habits today our interaction with uh, machines etc today such as vehicles and we uh, we are challenged with envisioning how these sorts of novel technologies address the common issues that we humans have to deal with. How, how can they replicate that? And, and that, that's very legitimate, and it's completely understandable. But I would recommend to people to not underestimate the power of human creativity, human innovation, human ingenuity. Uh, it's amazing. And that's one of the things that always invigorates and excites life, in my view. As many things as we see unfold before our eyes every day that, that cause concern and maybe tri trip you into depression, or just a melancholy colly mood, certainly thinking about our discussions earlier today about the situation at Michigan State. That's horrible. Uh, what happened in Louisville, Mississippi, not too far from our position here, as well, is disturbing. But then you focus on some of the good things that are happening in society, which we tend not to dwell on too much, tend not to report on it. They, they normally don't make their way into the mainstream news cycle. But autonomous vehicles is an example to me of great things in store uh, for the planet. And people may disagree and that's fine, but all of these technical issues, I know, I know somebody asked a question 
looking for it here. Um, how do they handle backing up? Yeah, David from Bruce. That's one thing, trucks going forward. What about backing up? And I, and I would just, to David, say again, um, human ingenuity, human creativity, the, the human ability to solve these sorts of problems is, is still well established and, and active. And autonomous vehicles absolutely are programmed, by the way, to obey all traffic rules. They do have the ability to back up. Trucks, I think, was the focus of, of Jeff's discussion because that's where you're going to see the, uh, the, the earliest penetration of autonomous vehicles in, in trucks, commercial vehicles, before we see it for personal use. And that makes a lot of sense. We, it, no, there's no secret that we have a shortage of truck drivers, and we're not don't seem to be making more. There's a cost factor with wages rising, and inflation causing problems for Americans. And there's a way to to um, address those inflationary pressures by reducing cost. And autonomous vehicles happens to be. One of the ways to do it, you're stripping the human cost out of transporting goods. That won't be the first time, obviously, that we've had some legacy cost involved in the production and distribution of goods that's been replaced by machines, which has stripped cost and increased productivity. And in this case, the other byproduct of it is far less accident-prone, like orders of magnitude. Texas, California already have a fairly robust autonomous vehicle environment. They have embraced the technology. And you got virtually every major shipper in this country look, devising a plan, putting a plan together to phase into autonomous vehicles, uh, autonomous trucks in particular. Amazon is the one that comes to mind. Uh, Rhino, I think it's uh, Rivian's technology, if I'm not mistaken, that they're deploying in their fleet, and they're serious about it. And, and of course, that's just consistent with their strategy of of uh, moving goods and services around to consumers at uh, the, in the most efficient, low-cost manner. And this is just part of that equation. And we're going to con continue to see this. The insurance companies understand that this is going to have an impact on their business. Fewer accidents. That's a good thing. Uh, a significant reduction in the loss of life from traffic accidents. Heck, that's a dang good thing. And think about how that it affects law enforcement. Rather than law enforcement having to consume themselves with, with um moving traffic violations that don't really harm anyone but potentially could because somebody's driving uh, breaking some sort of uh, traffic laws they're driving too fast running stop signs driving recklessly etc you guys know the drill all that goes away so our law enforcement resources are not consumed with dealing with those sorts of infractions that do consume uh, their time and cost taxpayer money. They could focus on uh, more, I think, more meaningful, more productive activities, such as figuring out how to get these bad folks off the streets, 
that are shooting people. So all that's coming, no doubt about it. Yeah, Karen in Ripley says, my main question concerning autonomous vehicles, what will this do to the rise or fall of automobile insurance? The in automobile insurance industry is well aware of this. They're planning for it, Karen. Um, and they know that this is going to dramatically reduce claims. Fewer accidents. Fewer fewer accidents, fewer harm to, to people. Uh, involved in those accidents, and uh, obviously fewer deaths as a result of traffic accidents. All that's a, a positive for society, may not be a positive for insurers, because right now the premiums we all pay are, are modeled in such a way that they are designed to cover uh, the claims. And you think about the various elements of a, a standard automobile insurance policy, where you have liability, which is uh, for you causing harm to someone or someone else's property. You've got comprehensive as part of that. You've got, um, oh, heck, what's it called, Rhino? Collision. Yeah, that's the other word. So those are the, the general standard categories of, of insurance. So collision covers damage to your vehicle. A liability is any, any sort of liability you may incur as a result of causing an accident accident comprehensive helps you with people that um, uh, their property that you may have, have um, destroyed or caused some sort of harm to and also covers you to some extent for for them harming your property or life when their insurance short, falls short so yeah gonna change that dramatically no doubt about it uh, my biggest what about is what do we do with a human that this autonomous truck takes his or her job? They go do something else, something else in that there are uh, so many new occupations that are, are developing as a result of advances in society. And that, that's, the, that's the age old, and it's a legitimate question, no doubt about it. But I, I think we just have to look at what's happened historically as a, as a guide in, in that respect. Think about all the jobs that have been displaced by new routes to market, new technologies, new methodologies. I was having this discussion last night at dinner with some friends. One that comes to mind uh, that's a rather simplistic case, stockbroker. Does anybody know uh, anyone who who's in, is in the um, has a job as a stockbroker anymore. Well, and, and stockbrokers, all they did was trade stocks because you, there was no other way to buy or sell a stock other than through a registered licensed broker. You'd have to call them on the telephone. Hey, I want to buy this. I want to sell this. We don't have those anymore, and they charged you a fee every time they do it. They did it. No more fees anymore. We've all got a device we walk around with that can uh, handle trades for you make trades for you through a free service with the, um, uh, the various online trading tools. It's incredible. And uh, that's just an example. So what's happened is a whole new generation of, of jobs as wealth managers and financial advisors. Well, why do we have so many of them now? That's because we've increased our wealth dramatically in this country, although the left doesn't want you to believe that. And so more people need that. We're coming right back on Middays. We're in the Element Well Studios at Carter Jewelers today.
Mornings with Gerard Gibbert. It is on. On Super Talk Mississippi. You're all smiles and silly conversation. As if this sunny day came just for you. You twist your hair, you smile, and you turn your eyes away. Come on, tell me what's right with you. Now it dawns on me, probably everybody. Welcome back, everyone, to Middays. We are live in the Element Well Studios at Carter Jewelers today. It is Valentine's Day, and a lot of folks coming in here and browsing at all the great jewelry that is available for sale, making selections, and walking out with smiles on their faces. That's what I'm seeing today. Wonder what percent of shooters in this country are actually Americans. How could many of these be contributed to our border problem, Bobby and Hazelhurst? I think there are some, and normally when that happens, Bobby, that, that makes the mainstream news. Uh, I, I would argue that the, the right in this country is pretty good about highlighting those situations. And uh, because some, sometimes it happens because of sanctuary cities, which the right has been very critical of I, among them. I think it's ridiculous. And there have been families that have come forward who have lost loved ones uh, at the hands of an illegal in the country, often who has been arrested and then or taken into custody I should say for coming into the country illegally and then released and then they go out into some community and play shoot them up that's happened quite a bit but I think it's a bit naive to to uh, suggest that most of the these uh, mass shootings that occur in the country are are being committed by the illegals I, I definitely think it's a problem and it's ridiculous that our borders are so porous and I do think there are a lot of bad actors that cross into the country that we don't even know about. But um, unfortunately, what what we're witnessing in society today, I think, are Americans, and in, and often it's Americans, obviously, who are shooting other Americans, and it's sad. And what's really disturbing is um, how young that the uh, the perpetrators, the criminals, the shooters, and the victims are, such as the case in Louisville, Mississippi, here over the weekend. That's incredibly disturbing, and I think it's something we got to address. But it's not with more gun laws. That, that's not going to do it. We we have a um, a rash of moral decay in this country. Heck, think about the the uh, story we reported yesterday. A sitting member of Congress. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who denounced an ad during the Super Bowl because it was promoting Christianity, referred to it as racism, uh, pardon me, fascism, fascism. That's nuts. So promoting something good, and, and basically what she was condemning more than anything was the fact that money was being spent to do that. Well, you know, if it's money from private people, which I believe this was, and they elected to spend their money in that fashion, they should be free to do it. If, if they're willing to put their, their dollars, their assets to work to promote something good like that, we shouldn't condemn that. But when you got a member of Congress, think about it, 
sees fit for political gain, for attention. It's dopamine, as Rhino likes to call it. Has to go with some public statements denouncing something, something pr- promoting goodness and and Christian values. Well, maybe we ought to step back and reflect on what that means to society overall when our leaders even do that. I noticed also for what it's worth and maybe I'm reading too much into this watching the press briefing this morning at Michigan State and all the individuals that went to the podium law enforcement, university officials um, medical health care professionals etc they're, they're very careful not to ever use the word prayers when they are calling for uh, those watching to uh, keep the the victims and the community in their thoughts and prayers. They they won't ever use the word prayers. Can't do that anymore. Get canceled for that. Right? Only thoughts. It's noticeably, deliberately missing the word prayers. Anytime they make those statements, and it's not just Michigan State. I'm not picking on them. This has happened. You guys have seen it. So it's, but that yet they say there's no war on on Christianity. There's no war on religion, which is a complete farce. Of course there is, and it's intentional. And it's because in general the left in this country associates religious convictions, especially Christian religious convictions, with their political opponents. It's unbelievable. So back to the um, yeah, back to the autonomous vehicles discussion. Sounds like nothing on the ceasefire tax line from the six six two region in North Mississippi. Sounds like nothing more than taking jobs away from hardworking men and women. The American trucker has always c- come through with very little appreciation. Now taking jobs away. Gosh, the the list of occupations that have been eliminated as a result of human invention, human innovation, is long, 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 exhaustive. But yet in this country, if you think about all the jobs historically that have been eliminated, we don't no longer need because of technological advances. And that's not just computers. I'm talking about any sort of innovation. We don't need any more. Yet, think about the situation we have today. 11 million jobs available. 7 million available workers that say, I want a job. There are more out there that are capable of working, but they're not looking for work because our government is showering them with helicopter money. Still a problem. We're still, despite all of Joe Biden's braggadocious rhetoric about job creation, we still have not returned to a labor participation rate equal to the pre-pandemic level. In everything in economic terms, every economic measurement, I should say, should always be relative to pre-pandemic because that turned everything upside down. And not only did it turn everything upside down, it tacked on another 10 trillion of debt. Everything has been uprooted and disheveled as a result of that. So, I feel for the truck drivers, but this is just the the natural progression of innovation in society. It's not just truck drivers. 
what about the poor stockbrokers that can't just sit on the phone and enter stock trades anymore? What about the uh, radiator repairman and the TV tube repairman? I mean, you just go down the list. It's a long list of occupations we just don't need anymore because we figured out a more efficient way to 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 do those jobs, to produce whatever it is they were producing. That's how you increase wealth. We could just say, "Hey, no more innovation, guys. Just stop it. Nothing else. We can't create anything because we might we might uh, uh, put some folks out of out of work." Should should we do that? In which case, we're not going anywhere. You know what else would happen if we did that? We'd all starve. We'd die. Because the fundamental historical since the beginning of time problem, societal problem is matching scarce supply with increased demand. That's been the case since our prehistoric ancestors came along just after that period and figured out how to make fire. That's been the case since then. If you think about just the innovation in food production, what would we do without that? We'd all be starving. Three percent of our country is in the agriculture business today. We got we got plenty of food. Back in the 30s, it was 30 percent of our country, and we couldn't feed ourselves. What fixed that? Innovation. Did some folks lose work? Yeah. Did they find other work? Absolutely. Are they making more money? Yeah. So while we may displace traditional truck drivers, you know what we'll do is create a whole bunch of technology jobs that produce the autonomous vehicle technology. And by the way, there's there's question about interstate travel. How would way stations at state line works? Great question. I did do a little research on that. There's a couple of companies that have patented technology that would actually weigh an autonomous vehicle, direct the vehicle to the weigh station, weigh it, charge it the um, appropriate fees based on weight. That's typically how it works. Send them on their way. Again, these are human, uh, these are technical problems that brilliant human inventors figure out. That's what they do. And they make money doing it. It's great. They produce wealth for us and make us all more productive and improve the quality of our lives. It's just one example. Just one example. This is coming. There ain't no stopping it. And I look forward to it, especially if it means we could save life, cut down on accidents, maybe reduce the need and the cost of insurance, which, by the way, I was looking at the CPI report this morning. Uh, Rhino, don't know if you renewed your automobile insurance. It's up 18% over last year on average 18 percent it's one of the measured items in the in the basket of goods that the bureau of labor statistics includes in the cpi report we're taking a break right here at carter jewelers when we come back we got jerry lake the owner of carter jewelers stay with us With Gerard Gibbert. We'll do it live on Super Talk Mississippi. We're 
we're back. We are back in downtown Jackson at Carter Jewelers today. It is Valentine's Day, and we've got Mr. Jerry Lake, the owner of Carter Jewelers, here in the Element Well Studios, set up right here in the middle of Carter Jewelers. So I got to tell you, Jerry, I've already seen several folks come in and uh, making selections. And like I always say, they walk out with smiles on their faces, carrying a, a, a bag. They got their gift wrapping for some special someone that's going to get that jewelry later on today. hard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what you just said, the the smile means a lot. It's uh we should, you know, because it, they're they're happy and they're they they got a pretty good idea they they're going to be making somebody else happy. No doubt about which it. Which ultimately reflects back to them. You know, it's uh. Let me tell you first about our sale going on here. Uh, this is a sale that we've been doing for a few years. It's uh, we call it our our Valentine's kiss promotion. It's uh. We do it in conjunction with our our clearance sale that we have. Uh, we've marked down really tons of of jewelry. That's uh, the the only sin of this jewelry is that it was just in stock a, a little while, and, and after a while it just if it didn't sell, we don't collect. We mark down and move it. But for this day. And uh, and actually uh, yesterday and the weekend, we are giving an extra discount on on all of everything in the store, including our clearance things that have been marked down two and three times. Uh, you're going to get the, the the best prices probably in the world on on a lot of this jewelry. But you you draw from a container of Hershey Kisses that's got like about uh, I think five different colors. Yeah. And you're going to get an extra discount of up to 30% off. And and let me tell you something. It, it's, it ranges from 10, 15, 20, 25, and 30. But the, the average is going to hit in there between the 15 and 25. And you add that extra discount on, the, on our sale prices, that adds up to really a... Wow, that that that's that's like getting a kiss uh, <laughs> from from us. It's it's really a great deal, and and we're we're still doing what we've done for some years. Uh, we're in conjunction with our friends over at Greenbrook Flowers here in Jackson and the Ivy Place at our store over in Vicksburg. Uh, with every purchase, I don't care how much it's for. You know, if if it's for for you know. Ten or twenty dollars. We don't have a lot for ten, but I mean, you know, we have a lot for under a hundred. Uh, you know, you're going to get a half a dozen roses from uh, Greenbrook Flowers or the Ivy Place over in, in Vicksburg. And let me tell you, Valentine's Day roses are at a premium. Uh, it's uh, we, we've got uh, we have financing uh, twelve, eighteen months. No. Uh, no interest financing. We have no credit check financing, and I think I've been told that you know our selection is is the biggest in the region. Uh, I hadn't I hadn't been to all my competitors' stores, but I, a lot of my customers have, and I think they I think they're accurate there. We've got 3,600 square feet jam packed with uh, fine jewelry, and you know so many of you out there, you think, well, I I can't afford that piece of fine jewelry at, at Valentine's. Heck, I, I had maybe I hadn't even paid off all my Christmas bills. But, you know, we've got 
we've got tons of jewelry like under 100 and under 200 and if you're thinking about a, a really a substantial nice piece of diamond jewelry or an engagement ring you know to get an extra discount on what you're getting uh, you know I, I know we we had one one guy drew a 30% off uh, kiss and and it was you know I I don't know if we made any money or we lost money, but I mean it was it was a great deal for them, and that's just that's just part of this promotion. You know, you you might you you might hit you might hit a thirty or you or you might hit a ten, but you know it, it's gonna. Let me tell you something. If you don't get any extra discount, you're still talking about the best prices anywhere on fine jewelry. And I, and I'll tell you something else. You know if and if you don't have the budget for a piece of fine jewelry, you know, it it may not be the place for you, but but if you do, you know, it's uh, a piece of fine jewelry is is the one thing that that most people are remembered by, and uh, you know, it's not whether you you gave money or or some other property. I mean, you know, to give a, a, a really nice quality piece of fine jewelry, it's it's like a, a thing of beauty and it's a joy forever and it's one of the few things that you can ever really uh, give that that they can wear and enjoy and, and uh, still hold value at yep. a later time. So, I mean, you know, there's a lot of reasons. You got the flowers, you got the good deals and let me tell you, this is a day that you can show somebody how much you love them and uh and we you know if you better do it today it, valentine's day if you know if you're in, <laughs> if you're inclined don't don't let them don't let the moment pass you by come see us we're at the corner state and high street downtown jackson and the pemberton plaza in vicksburg happy valentine's to all of you out there and i i appreciate all your your business from from years past coming Thank right you. back it, we're at carter jewelers downtown jackson Welcome to the show that challenges you to think deeply, to think deeply and look beyond political posturing. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. Hour three of middays live from Carter Jewelers, downtown Jackson. It is a Valentine's Day, and folks are streaming in the store here, checking out the great jewelry selections. Storefront parking, of course, very helpful, knowledgeable staff making those selections. And out of here, somebody's going to be surprised and happy tonight. Speaking of which, it's our pleasure to welcome Kim Brown, clinical therapist with Vitality Counseling. Kim, it's Valentine's Day, and we thought it would be a good idea to have you on to tell us about your work and why we should be uh, paying attention to these sorts of issues around Valentine's Day. Okay. Um I am a clinical therapist. I work in Madison, and I see um, clients, couples, uh, individuals working on things about uh, conflict resolution, depression, anxiety, those kinds of things. And um, 
Valentine's Day has not come up very much in my practice. Really? Recently, yes. Um, everybody I, that I'm seeing right now is, is well prepared okay. for this holiday, so okay. to speak. So, um, and I guess that is something that, um, that you need to be prepared for is Valentine's Day and trying to figure out how does your partner want to celebrate. Is it... Um, does it cause additional stress, Valentine's Day, uh, happy sort of celebratory holidays like this where uh, that there's more of a focus, obviously, with Valentine's Day uh, on your partner or your significant other? Is it, does this come up? I think the stress is probably, um, some of it is fueled by what we see in media, honestly, and so yeah. that pressure to make sure that we're celebrating in the right way or in the way that's most Instagrammable or photographed. Well, um, so I think as long as you and your partner communicate what this holiday means to you, whether it is the kind of holiday that you want to celebrate, whether you want to go to the restaurant and have the seven-course meal, or whether you expect a you know romantic gesture like a piece of jewelry, you know those are things that need to be kind of discussed early on in your relationship. I would think. Hmm. Uh, so, uh, any any particular cases, obviously without revealing any any names that uh, you're presently working on that uh, would be of interest? Um, Anything come to mind? I mean, nothing comes to mind other than I, I recently read a blog and it was titled something like, my wife left me because I left the coffee cup on the counter. I don't know if you've read this. <laughs> I <haven't>. um, <laughs> but uh, sometimes relationships break down and communication breaks down when, you know, we, we leave a coffee cup on the counter and the wife, and somebody says well you left the coffee cup on the counter again and again and again and it's really not about the coffee cup is it it's more about what does that communicate to the other person that you don't value them and so i think that right now in my cup in my couples that i work with and in my individuals who are having relationship troubles a lot of it is trying to figure out what is it about the coffee cup or what is it really about right yeah. um what's important communication what needs are not being met, what you're saying to somebody when you leave your dishes in the dishwasher, in, in the sink and expect someone else to put them in the dishwasher, those kinds of things. But division of labor, you know, that kind of stuff is, yeah. I think, what we... But, not, I mean, specific to Valentine's Day, I don't know, sometimes it can be a holiday where you try to heal those kinds of things, right? With That's a, true. With a grand Kind gesture. of a reconciliatory holiday. And, right, so you have some sort of gesture, some, something happy, something fun, something that shows your, your concern and your care and, and your love for the other person. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What about how prevalent are economic issues anytime you have these, these conflicts, these disputes, these, the stress in a marriage in particular? How much does that figure in? I guess it, it figures in a lot if you haven't had done the work beforehand. Like if you haven't sat down and talked with your partner, whether you're married or, or going to get married, about well, how are we going to do our finances? Are we going to have a yours, mine, and an ours? Are you going to have your money and I'm going to have my money? Um, who's going to pay the bills? Who's going to be responsible for paying those bills? All, I think a lot of fights and a lot of conflict that I see is because people haven't worked that out. Hmm. And they're maybe working it out <clears throat> as they're doing it. And they don't realize, like family of origin and how much... They that impacts how you feel about money and whether you are a saver or a spender or just your relationship. So really knowing your own relationship with money and then how to kind of put that together in a marriage or a partnership. I was just wondering whether or not uh, the, the rising cost of living has contributed to any conflict over the last couple of years. We had so many 
years where inflation really w- wasn't even on our minds, and, and now I think everybody is shocked every time they, they get their energy bill or they go to the grocery store or fill up at the gas tank. Just curious as to how that might increase the stress level in a relationship. Well, I think one of the things that it does is it makes it impossible for us to make decisions based on what is real and important sometimes. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we make decisions based on what's financially feasible for us. And so I see people that stay in relationships that maybe they shouldn't stay in because of the inability to exist without the other person's income or I see people um, jump into situations with somebody because you know well I needed a roommate or you know and so I I do think that some of the decisions Hmm. that are being made that are kind of integral in a relationship are partially but you know fueled by that yeah insecurity yeah and well it may be economically advantageous for them to join up i mean you see that a lot i I see that a a whole lot honestly and i see you know people that don't want to leave relationships that are really not very healthy for them because of that Hmm. interesting uh what what about uh the need for just better communications in a relationship How, how critical is that and how um I guess how big a priority should that be in a relationship, If you, certainly if you want a healthy one? I think that um, some of it is expectations and reality. Like, if you go into a, a relationship and think, well, we're just never going to disagree, that is an unrealistic <laughs> expectation. And so, um, again, just like you wouldn't expect somebody to go play football and not know the rules, right? In a situation where you want one thing and another person wants another thing, that's a conflict. And like just like a football game, somebody wants to get more points than the other person. So as long as you know what the rules are, then you can have a fair discussion sure. about it. So sure. really setting up those rules ahead of time and say, okay, well, when we get into an argument and I say, okay, I need to take a break, hmm. I need you to let me take a break. That's like, like a rule that you could set up beforehand. So I think it's important to talk about how are we going to disagree? What are our rules going to be? Do we do it for 15 minutes and then we separate and come back? Like, let's come up with some things so that we can have healthy discussion and communication about things that we don't necessarily agree on so that we, so that we don't get heated. Kind of a cool-off period, so I think speak. a cool-off period is very important. And oftentimes I see a situation where somebody says, I need a break, and the other person feels like that means they're leaving or they're abandoning them, and mm. they, they hold on tighter. And that's when we start saying really ugly things to each other. Yeah, but, but maybe if you've set those rules up beforehand, it's expected, and you're, you're not as, as hesitant for that to happen and not as, as stressed out about it. Exactly. Yeah, makes sense. I, anything that's kind of on the light side, on the funny side that you've encountered that you want to share? Um, hmm. I don't know. I don't really see a lot of funny in, um, in <laughs> therapy, honestly. Uh, I, I enjoy my job so very much, and sometimes I feel bad because it is basically people coming and sharing painful things with me. But, um, but I will say something interesting. Yeah. Uh, my wedding ring was bought in this jewelry store <laughs> 21 <that>? years ago. <laughs> How cool is that? How cool is that? That is right. You know, how often in your work, uh, Kim, do you do you reference maybe notable figures that have healthy relationships it's to emulate what they do as opposed to emulating folks that aren't very good at getting married and staying married? It's interesting. I actually do look for examples in movies and books that people can really look at because if they didn't have, um, you know, parents that had a healthy relationship that modeled what that looks like, they don't really have a good frame of reference. And I can think of a couple. Um, uh, the movie, um, mm, 
about it was about the Holocaust and the man uh, Schindler's List. No, the one um, Beautiful Life. Is that the one? Hmm. I don't um, know. And then I'll reference movies and books okay. sometimes. Yeah, that's interesting. I, you know, I'm just thinking about um, it almost to the point where it becomes humorous just in growing up, Elizabeth Taylor and Johnny Carson had just had multiple marriages, so it's like, don't follow what they did. Obviously, that's not working, but you look at other famous couples that have been married for decades. Jimmy Carter. Yeah, good. Yeah, that's a great example. Both of the Bushes. Been married longer than most people have been alive. That's right. So, that's right. Yeah, so they're doing something that, that makes it work. Yeah, Maybe we absolutely. ought to follow their lead in that respect. I totally agree. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so is 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 business about the same? Is it fairly level, consistent? Is up? Is down? Or and by business, obviously, I mean people coming to you because they got problems. We got about a minute left. What do you think? Um, I think that actually, an interesting statistic is that um, the. The one day of the year that the domestic violence shelters get the most phone calls is Super Bowl Sunday. Really? And so I do get a lot of phone calls in the month of February with people um, in relationship distress. Unbelievable. I don't know if it's the combination of, you know, adrenaline or some people are betting money and then there's alcohol involved, but I do get a lot of, is, of is people in, in relationship crisis in February. So. Well, uh, before we go, I've seen psychologist reports that say February is like the most depressing month. I Ever heard of that before? I mean, I've heard that, and anecdotally, that makes sense. I mean, we're we're about to come into spring, yep. where the time is going to change, Weather. and so yeah, yeah, I can see that February would be where everybody's a little tired of the darkness and ready to come out into the light. Appreciate it, Kim. Thanks for coming down and joining us. Thank you very much. We're coming right back at Carter Jewelers midday. Stay with us. It's so awesome. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Come on, let's get on with the show. On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Middays, Super Talk Mississippi, live from Carter Jewelers. Appreciate Kim Brown, clinical therapist, joining us here in the Element Well Studios, set up right in the midst of Carter Jewelers. So one of the things she was telling me after the interview there is that in, in her work, she's determined that most couples argue about the same three things over and over again. It's, a, it's the subject matter of the arguments, the contention is the same and I started thinking about my personal experience having been married now uh, 42 42 years coming up this July I think that's true I really do I think that's true it makes total sense and she said what she tells um, her the folks she counsels that you know it's okay to, to have that situation that's actually fairly common you and you just need to learn to live with it and work through it and uh, and mitigate it best you can, but it's probably going to be permanent in your relationship. That makes total sense. We're humans, and that's just part of the of the human experiment, I guess. We just conflict. You have to have to move through it, work your way through it. On the ceasefire text line, back to our discussion today. I hope you guys have enjoyed uh, the discussion about 
autonomous vehicles is really what got us on the subject matter. We, we had uh, the executive director of the AV industry on the program earlier. And, and just the consequences of and the impact of autonomous vehicles on, on workers, on insurance, on our legal framework. And what, what uh, prompted us to have uh, Mr. Fair on the program is that we have two bills, complementary in nature, that uh, are likely to be passed by the legislature, signed by the government, that address autonomous vehicles and establish a, a, a legal and regulatory framework so that Mississippi can get ahead of the game here. Most states have not implemented such legislation, but a little bit of research I did for the interview looks like they're all considering it. I mean, they, they all know this is coming and they got to deal with it. And, and so you need some sort of reasonable legal uh, regulation, state and local levels, to accommodate what is imminent, in my view, autonomous vehicles. And, of course, the subject of the jobs being displaced. That's been happening in America's factories for decades. Uh, Rhino, I know you and I, when we've discussed unemployment figures, which are out every Thursday, and I've always... Uh, called attention to the fact that the current president, Joe Biden, the only jobs he ever talks about are manufacturing jobs, good-paying union manufacturing jobs, as if every job in America is a manufacturing job and if every person in America aspires to work in a factory. Rhino, I think you've described it as the guys back in the 60s, the 50s maybe. Oh, yeah. Uh, right? I mean, because that's the, the time period where... Uh, many of uh, the workers in our population worked in factories. And Joe, coming from Scranton, as he likes to always uh, uh, boast and declare, which is a, a bit of a manufacturing region, the Northeast, that's just the way our, our country kind of evolved, where most of the South was involved in agriculture. I'm talking about going back 70, 80 years ago, uh, that's about all we had, agriculture and manufacturing. We didn't have the big services industry that we do today because much of those services hadn't been invented. So here's the truth, though, folks. Only about 6% of our population is in the manufacturing sector. 6% of our working, our working population. About 70% of our workers are in the services sector. Think about your own jobs. How many of you work in the services sector? Think about it. Very few of us are working in factories. But yet, Joe Biden, his approach and his, his, his framing of every discussion concerning the economy is always manufacturing jobs, as if that's the holy grail. It's not. But the 70% of the, of the workers in this country that are in the services sector are working jobs that didn't exist 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Many of them five years ago, 10 years ago. In fact, futurists, futurists who, who, whose job is to predict in the future so as to guide mainly private sector organizations so they can make proper, informed business decisions. They say children born today Virtually every one of them born today will occupy a job that hasn't been invented yet. That's why I'm not worried about the, the, the way technology displaces jobs 
that are no longer needed as a result of technology because new jobs evolve as a result of whatever those, those, uh, those new products and services are displacing. That's just always been the, the cycle. Now the cycles are much shortened because we're so much quicker at creating new products, new services, because of all these tools our predecessors have created that streamline that process and allow us to accomplish a whole lot more in a shorter period of time. You think about concept to production of a vehicle, Rhino, you, it wasn't too long ago, that was a five-year endeavor. Now it's less than a year because of all the incredibly powerful tools that have been invented to uh, streamline that process and just reduce the effort and the time involved in it. It's not like you got uh, these big architectural size blueprint papers that you're sitting down with a with uh, the, the various manual utensils to draw vehicles up. Think about how sophisticated that technology is and how rapidly you can get that done. That's just one teeny tiny example of how that's affected. So I think this is all, all great. It's good. It's inevitable, and, it, and it's the natural progression of uh, humanity. But the president's so out in left field, everything's manufacturing jobs. So, so I guess the 70% of the workers in this country who are in the services sector, they don't matter. Now, that's the message that I think we're seeing there. Unions work hand-in-hand -hand with government is why he promotes it, says Carol and Stark. Well, I don't think there's any question what Carol's saying is accurate, that unions traditionally support Democrats, like overwhelmingly their contributions uh, to the Democrat Party, uh, absolutely dominate what they give to the Republican Party because, in general, the, the Democrats are in bed with unions. They see it as, as uh, econ uh, politically beneficial for each other. They kind of scratch each other's back there. Our legislature is more dedicated to being status than most legislatures, says Thomas in Greenwood. Elaborate on that, Thomas. I'm not sure what you mean. I know what the, the, the terminology means, of course, the definition of a statist. But I'm not sure specifically what are you talking about. William in Tupelo says, hard to believe someone has put up with you for 42 years. Bless her heart. And a bunch of uh, laughing emojis joking. No, it's true, William. <laughs> I freely admit that. But uh, I, I'll also have to acknowledge, as would uh, my lovely wife, Julie, uh, this, the feeling is mutual. <laughs> we have succeeded because we have put up with each other for 42 years. And honestly, think about it, all successful marriages, that's what is required. Those that endure for an extended period of time, it's both spouses just taking the good with the bad. Just like you, you uh, save uh, as part of your vows when you get married. Same deal. Is there preemptive autonomous vehicle in their preemptive autonomous vehicle legislation? Yeah, I don't. I don't consider this statist, Thomas. We we um. I mean, to that point, if that's your line of thinking, is it statist to um, have traffic lights and stop signs and and uh, lane markings on the roads? In in various rules of driving, is it statist to require someone to? pass a reasonable driver's test 
to uh, be certified and authorized to operate a vehicle on the roads. No, it's not related to income tax elimination or a ballot initiative process. You're, you're trying to connect those two, Tom, and say they don't connect, in my view, completely different. Of course, I support income tax elimination and a reasonable ballot initiative process. But, you know, something that folks ought, should be aware of is while I support the ballot initiative process, there are three things that would likely pass, I think, with relative ease. Once reinstated, it, hoping we do get reinstatement, that's Medicaid expansion, some form of access to abortion, and recreational marijuana. You can best believe all those would end up as citizen-initiated measures on the ballot, and it's highly likely they would all pass. That's the will of the people, as far as I'm concerned. Where is Amy Tuck now on the ceasefire text line with her truck, of course? Coming right back. We're in the Element Well Studios at Carter Jewelers today. It's Valentine's Day. Come down and buy some jewelry. Gerard Gibbert. Here we go. This is huge. 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 Huge news. Huge. Huge news. Huge. You need to listen to this. Middays with Gerard. Super Talk Mississippi. We're back with you live from Carter Jewelers today. It's Valentine's Day. Go to myelementwealth.com or call 601-957-6006 to let Element Wealth help you find your balance between income growth and guarantees. And no other state does college baseball better than Mississippi. And on Thursday, Sports Talk Mississippi will be live at Swayze Field in Oxford as the reigning national champions prepare to defend their title. You'll hear from players and coaches as we celebrate the opening of the college baseball season here in the Magnolia State. Seemed like we were just in Omaha yesterday, Rhino. This thing comes around in a hurry when you enjoy a, a, an extended postseason run. Yeah, if you stay in Omaha long enough, uh, the baseball season comes around quick. It does, and we have been fortunate in Mississippi. That's happened two consecutive years with Mississippi State two years ago and Ole Miss last year, and I got a feeling both of those squads are going to be loaded for bear again this year, as well as the USM Golden Eagles. It's going to be a great year of baseball in the Magnolia State. I'm glad to see it here. We're also, I think, exactly to the day, maybe just one day short of a month, uh, when daylight saving time returns, and I'm looking forward to that as well, ready for some daylight after work. We uh, should also pass on that uh, Mississippi Gaming Commission Chair Al Hopkins passed away yesterday. Sad to hear of the passing of Al. He's a longtime attorney from Gulfport, Mississippi. He actually died on Sunday evening. He would have turned 82 today, chaired the commission since 2015, was in his third term after being reconfirmed last year by the Mississippi State Senate. 
He's also a member of the National Guard. He retired from the military with the rank of Major General. Founded his own law firm in 1977 in Gulfport. So very sad to see uh, uh, that Al Hopkins has passed away. He's certainly served the state in an exemplary fashion in that role and other roles as well. Al Hopkins dead at 82, would have been 82 today. Uh, second poll, second poll of the governor's race coming up between Tate Reeves on the Republican side, it generally expected to be the Republican nominee. He does have primary opposition. And Brandon Presley on the Democrat side shows the race is close, although I'm not sure when you look at these polling organizations. Tolchin Research, I'm not familiar who they are. They're, they're who released it. It was a Mississippi Day Siena College poll that was released not so long ago, but here we got one from Tolchin Research. Both polls show that the race is within the margin of error. Now, something we probably should take note of is that this Tolchin Research poll was commissioned by the Southern Poverty Law Center Action Fund in a political action committee affiliated with the Alabama-based Civil Rights Group, Southern Poverty Law Action Fund. You know, not too crazy about that organization. They, uh, they're, they're, they can be a bit politically insidious, honestly. So I'm not sure that I put a lot of stock in that. Joe Biden goes to Twitter and says, he loves to say this, doesn't he? Look, look, look. This was just yesterday. Look, I'm a capitalist, but the wealthiest and biggest corporations need to pay their fair share. Thankfully now, because of the law I signed, billion-dollar companies have to pay a minimum 15% in taxes. Of course, what he's not telling you is that the minimum 15% in taxes is levied on what's called their book, their financial income, as opposed to their tax computed income, where they're able to deduct capital investments, expenditures fully in the year of purchase, which is incredibly stimulative and beneficial to the economy. It spawns innovation, job creation, and overall wealth production. But he won't tell you that. So basically what he's saying is that we're not, we're not going to allow these companies to, to leverage that tax benefit. It doesn't mean that they, that they don't pay taxes on those investments. It just means they defer them. They delay them. They take all the expense in year one as opposed to depreciating those assets over the useful life, in which case it's still deducted from their income to arrive at their taxable income. They're just get, pulling it forward. And he's, he never explains that. I don't think he can. I doubt he understands that, and I would say that a lot of folks in Congress don't understand that uh, accounting machination. But that's what it means. He, he presents as if, oh, these companies are just, they're cheating. They're not paying taxes. We're going to make them pay taxes now. And he always points to the 50 that comprise those who produced $40 billion of financial statement income, not taxable income. Um, where their taxable income was zero, and they paid no taxes. So that amounts to 
Oh, a whopping $6 billion. That'll cover about three hours of expenses. Never explains that. It makes it sound like, man, now these companies, you know, these people that create jobs and, and produce all these, these innovative uh, products and services that make life easier and, and um, life-saving treatments as an, as an example and, and uh, all, all, all sorts of other products and services we consume. It's part of our normal life. You know those people. And they pay people to produce those products and services. You know, compensation and insurance and taxes and all those things. Well, you just made that harder. You just impeded that with this stupid law. But you're bragging about it. And they're just so disingenuous in their presentation. Hakeem Jeffries, you know who he is. He's the Democrat minority leader in the House of Representatives. He was their selection, the Democrat selection for Speaker of the House when that ordeal was going on about a month ago. He says extreme MAGA Republicans in the House are determined to cut Social Security in Medicare as we know it and impose a nationwide ban on abortion care. Notice how they always throw in the word care. Except the baby. The baby doesn't get any care. The pocketbook of the mother is who gets the care, or the father involved, many of whom can't even be identified. He says, we will fight them every step of the way. You're also lying there, Mr. Jeffries, Congressman Jeffries. That's totally disingenuous. Nobody is calling for cuts in Social Security and Medicare. They're simply wanting to have an adult conversation about how to salvage and pre preserve those programs. You are the one, by your inaction, you and your president and your party, by wanting to do nothing except raise taxes. That's your solution to everything. You are the one who are ultimately allowing Social Security and Medicare to continue on a path to insolvency so that it's not available for the people, the hard-working men and women, working families, as you always like to refer to them, who are paying into it. Because you won't take any action. Mark my words, folks. This is what they want to do. This is what I believe ultimately has a great chance of happening if the Democrats ever get the control of uh, both houses in the White House. They want to in the cap on Social Security contributions, meaning that all wages in a year are subject to it, even those above the present cap of $160,200. And the same people who will be paying in more because they make more, they have higher wages, and without that cap, they're going to hit the hip and pay that 6.2% on all their wages, as will their employer, by the way, which just means they have less money to pay their other workers. Then they're going to include a means test so that the people who are paying more with the lifting of the cap won't qualify for benefits. They'll pay into Social Security their whole life on all their wages, and when they retire, they'll get nothing out of it. They are paying for the retirement of everybody else. And then they'll say they're not paying their fair share. We already have a cap on Social Security benefits, no matter how much you pay in. Most you can get out is 3600 bucks or so. It's been adjusted for inflation. You pay in your whole life, even if you hit the, the cap every single year based on the cap that is in force at that period of time. When you get ready to retire, sorry, 3500 bucks. that's it. This would be the most 
egregious redistribution scheme in the history of our country if they get their way and they lift the cap and institute a means test so that the people who are paying more because there's no cap do not qualify for benefits. Think about that. We got the final segment coming back. We're in the Element Well Studios, set up right in the middle of Carter Jewelers, downtown Jackson. Mr. Lake will join us next. Stay with us. Mississippi. Gerard Gibbert. Going beyond the headlines, breaking down the stories that matter to Mississippi. Middays with Gerard on Super Talk Mississippi. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. Entertaining us today with the very appropriate sounds for this Valentine's Day. And speaking of Valentine's Day, we're down at Carter Jewelers, downtown Jackson, where there's plenty of storefront parking, a huge selection, great deals, great team to help you out with your selection and bring home a really nice piece of jewelry to that uh, special significant others. Joining us again is Jerry Lake, the owner of Carter Jewelers. Jerry, looks like it's been a good day so far. Uh, I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm very thankful and appreciative of, of all of our customers that, that have been in. It's uh, this uh, for about, I guess, five or six more hours. I, I think uh, we're it's it's the best sale day of the year. Uh, we have kind of a a clearance uh, sale going on, but you know. I think what you're going to find is the prettiest, best quality jewelry that really ever made for the money at our sale prices. And uh, and actually, before the sale prices, I don't think you could really, uh, I don't think you'd be able to beat or match our price. But with these markdown prices, they're phenomenal. But today, you know, we do something a little extra, a little lanyap. We call it our KISS promotion. Uh, come in. Uh, well, I guess we got you know five five or six hours left until six or until the last customer leaves. You draw from a container of Hershey Kisses, and you're going to get an extra discount off of these clearance prices of up to thirty percent. And uh, probably most of these discounts are going to be ranging average fifteen to twenty five. And I'm telling you, this you add that extra discount on there, a lot of things are way below jeweler's cost on this. And, and some of these markdown pieces, you know, they're, they're only, uh, the reason for marking them down is they were just in our inventory a little longer than what we wanted them to be, and it adds up to some spectacular savings. And 
You know, also with every purchase, we're giving away uh, half a dozen roses from our, our friends just a few blocks away at, at Greenbrook Flowers and the Ivy Place over in Vicksburg. It's, uh, you, you're going to find one of the, the prettiest and biggest selections of, of fine jewelry, I think, anywhere in the region. Uh, you know, it's Valentine's is, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just a day, but it has come to be symbolic of, of the day that, you know, you, you do something special for people that are special and that you love. And uh, it's, uh, if, if you let these times go by, sometimes it's, uh, they don't, they don't come back again. Uh, and if you've got a budget for some fine jewelry, and, and you should really come to this sale. And, and a lot of you out there, you think, well, I can't afford a, you know, a piece of fine jewelry from Carter Jewelers. But I, I'm going to tell you something. We've got, we've got hundreds of pieces of jewelry under a hundred dollars, and under two hundred dollars. And today you're going to draw a kiss, and you're going to get an extra, a huge extra discount off that. And you're going to get a half dozen roses from uh, Greenbrook Flowers, and we're, and we're going to gift wrap it, and. Uh, you know, if nothing for a few minutes, you're you're going to be uh, uh, it, it it can turn just an ordinary occasion into something really special. So look, we we've got a great sale going on over here at Carter Jewelers, and uh, and you you think maybe you can't afford something over here? You should come and take a look. I'm going to tell you something else. If you don't find something. In your budget, that's really nice. You see me, Jerry Lake, and I promise you, I'll find you something good. It's uh, don't don't let these special moments pass you by. And whether you get buy jewelry or or you do something else, show some love for those special people in your life. Whether it's your your mother, your sister, your girlfriend, your wife, and uh, and, and and you and your relationship will be that much better for doing it. Anyway, come see us. We're at the corner of State and High Street, downtown Jackson, two blocks from the Capitol, and at the Pemberton Plaza over in, in Vicksburg. Uh, I appreciate all you folks' business, and uh, I, I, I wish you I wish you a happy Valentine's. All the best. Thank you. You know, uh, to what you said there, Jerry, mm -hmm. virtually everybody I've seen walk in here has walked out with something. So you must be doing something right. Yeah, I mean, they, they, I think they, they we, we've got a, I, I'm told the biggest selection, you know, in the region. And, and uh, yeah, we try to, we try to treat people the same way we want to be treated. And, and I, I think, uh, I think our customers recognize that, and and one guy asked me. He said, he he said, he said y'all are for sure the most successful jewelry store anywhere. And he said, what's what's your secret? I said, we just try to treat folks the same way we want to be treated. Absolutely. And, and give them, you know, a, a, a nice product. So anyway, I think uh, they're about to kick me off. <laughs> so <laughs> happy Valentine's to all of you out there. Come see us at Carter Jewelers. Thanks, Jordan. That's it for today. Appreciate it, Jerry. We're out of here back in the Element Well Studios at Super Talk tomorrow. Until then, stay safe and God bless everyone. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.